God like our God. How many people were, can testify to that? So last week we, uh, we finished a series about uh, authentic Christianity, about becoming more than a believer. And uh, so this week we've, uh, uh, we're going to start a, a new series for the next four weeks. And I really believe uh, that uh, when I begin to pray about what and the direction that, that God would, would take us in and, and this next uh, four weeks during the month of, of October, uh, or, yeah, during the month of October, we, um, I begin to, to feel that the subject of getting past your past. Getting past your past. How many know that everybody has a past? No matter, no matter what, we all have a past. And I believe that there, there are people and those of us who need to hear that you can get past it. I believe that there are, are many of us have been held in bondage from things that, that have happened in our past. I mean, someone betrayed us. Someone lied to us. Someone hurt us. Uh, so many of us were carrying around bitterness and, and resentment and unforgiveness. And sometimes we don't even realize it. And so over the next four weeks, next week we're going to be talking about biblically why it's important to forgive. You don't want to miss that. Because so many of us carry around things in our life and and unforgiveness and it's just, it keeps us in bondage. And we're going to look at what the Bible has to say about how that we have to forgive those who hurt us. And then the week after that is going to be something that that you, you may never even thought about or heard a sermon on, but we're going to talk about how do we own up to our own wrongs. How many people know that we all make mistakes? It's not always the other person's fault. It's not always blaming on somebody else. But how do we initiate restoration in relationships? How do we apologize? How do we say, I'm sorry? And I believe that there's going to be some relationships in your life and in my life that are, that are healed. And then the last week we're going to talk about how to get past our own failures and our own mistakes. How to get past our own failures. Anybody ever failed? Anybody ever felt like a failure? How do we get past that? How do we look at it and say, okay, I may have failed or I may feel like a, a, a failure, but in God I'm not. How do we overcome our own sinfulness in the past? But today I want to talk about breaking free from your label. Breaking free from your label. There is so many of us that somewhere in our past we have done something or someone has characterized us in some way. Maybe we've even believed a lie that someone has told about us, and we begin to to look at ourselves, and we view ourselves in that way. We're all living under labels from our past. Now, I'm going to need a little participation this morning. I'm going to say the name of someone, and and you tell me what follows it. How about um, Billy Graham? No. Good answer. Billy the Kid. All right, so that, that's, how, that's how this goes. It's a label, right? So uh, maybe I should have started with, with this one. Uh, Buffy the Vamp... All you sinners. Um, the Vampire Slayer. Attila... Uh-huh, okay. We're getting good. 
Uh, and, and the last one, uh, Winnie. We had to get all the Disney fans, right? But all these people, when you say their name, they have a label that, that follows them. They are, they're not just Billy. They're not just, they have a label that follows them. And looking back in my life, looking at maybe some of the, the label or a label that, that characterized me for so long, I could have been known as J.W., the competitive one. Now, some people would, I've cleaned it up a little bit. Somebody, some people would have probably said back in college, J.W., the jerk. But if you've been around me or if you used to, to know me in my former life, I was still a Christian, but maybe about halfway, I'm very competitive. I hate to lose. I hate to get beat. Anybody like that? Oh, okay, just three of us. That's great. But when I was in college, I can only imagine what people said about me. When I was on the, the, the athletic field, I turned into a nut job. I'll never forget I was playing a, a basketball, and basketball was not my best sport. Um, I was just okay. Uh, I, um, I made the junior high team. I don't know if that was just sympathy or uh, when I got to high school, I decided, okay, basketball's not for me. But when you get to college, anybody can play intramurals. And so um, we were uh, playing one night. I hadn't been there very long, and there was this big, muscular, tall guy. And he was just beating me around underneath and just boxing me out and bruising me. And, and finally, I had just, he had just abused me all night long. And finally, I just had enough. And I don't know what came over me. But he was banging me, and I wrapped my arm in his arm, and I did a hip toss. Bam! And this guy was like 6'5". And uh, I couldn't do it again if I wanted to. I'd break a hip. But I'm sitting there thinking, I think, what did I just do? I felt justified. Um, classes had just began, and so two days later, I went to my class for the first time and, uh, of the semester, and guess who was in that class? That guy that I had just body slammed two days earlier. But I was very competitive. And you would think that, that once I got married, I would have changed. You would think that, that she could bring it out of me. It didn't happen. I can tell you story after story after story of, uh, of me being, for lack of a better word, just plain stupid. But if you look at your life, and you think about what negative label follows your name, what is there in your past? It may be that something that someone has called you. Maybe someone has called you a doormat. You know, you're just always too nice to people. Or maybe they've called you lazy or irresponsible or a hothead or a partier or the wild guy or just average. But if you take a moment and you think about it, some point in our life, we have all been and been given a label. And some of us, as, as me, we have earned that label. But I'm here to tell you this morning that God's power is always bigger than your past. God's power is always bigger than 
your past. God's truth about you is bigger than any current truth in your life. No matter where you are right now, no matter what you're going through, no matter what label has been attached to you, God's truth about you is bigger than that label. Maybe the label that you have is currently still true. And what I want you to understand about your life today is that what is true about you right now, what is true about you today, does not have to be true about you tomorrow. Because God's power can change that label. It can help you break free from that label. The power of God can can speak to you. And He can take what is true today and make it no longer true. God can help break the label that binds you. God can give you a new, God-centered view of yourself. Some people, we look in the mirror and we hate what we see. We look in the mirror and we think, how could God love me? How could God use me? How could God do anything? Because we don't even like ourselves. But God can give you a God-centered view. He can help you see and understand what He sees in us. The Bible tells us in 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 17, This means that anyone who belongs to Christ has become a new person. The old life is gone and a new life has begun. Anyone who belongs to Christ. Do you know what anyone means there in the Greek? Anyone. Anyone means you. Anyone means me. It says anyone who belongs to Christ. It doesn't matter who you are. It doesn't matter what you've done. It doesn't matter where you've came from. And it doesn't matter how bad that your past is. And it doesn't matter what you're going through or what you're going through right now. Anyone who is in Christ. Anyone who belongs to Christ. Anyone who, who gives. Anyone who repents of their sins. Anyone who submits to the lordship of God, anyone who becomes to Christ, belongs to Christ, becomes a new person. And what does it say? The old life is gone. He doesn't just clean you up. He doesn't just say, I'm I'm going to give you a bath. He says you become a new person. A new life has begun. If you're in Christ, the old is done away with. It's gone. And the power of the sin that has held you back can be broken in the name of Jesus. All the past can be washed away. The newness of life of Christ is available to you just at the mention of His name. So many of us have been held hostage to our past. We're being held hostage right now to sin in our life. But God can break that thing that binds you. God can give you a new view. So there's three thoughts I want to to look at this morning. Three things that if you have a label, someone that, that a label that you have earned or a label that someone has placed on you, something in your past, I want to look at three things that we need to know about these labels. The first thing is, is our God will give you a new name. Our God will give you a new name. You say, well, show me. Well, Isaiah chapter 62, verse 3 says, The Lord will hold you in His hand for all to see, a splendid crown in the hand of God. And many of us have been held back by something that you believed. 
You've been held back by something that others have called you, but God wants to give you a new name. In the Bible, we, we have all heard of Abram and Sarah. They wanted to have children, but they couldn't. And God came to them, and he said, you're going to have so many children, you're going to have so many ancestors that you can't count them all. And to prove it, what did he do? He gave them a new name. He said, you're no longer who you used to be. You're now Abraham and Sarah. You know what that means? It means father and mother of many nations. He said, that that thing that, that you've wanted, that thing that has held you back, he said, I'm going to give you a new name. There's a, there's a guy named Jacob, and his name meant swindler or trickster. But God gave him a new name. He gave him a new name, Israel, which meant that he had wrestled with God or that God will prevail. He took what his name used to mean, what used to be representative, because back then, your name was, it, what it meant was very important. Today, when we go to name our children, we just, we, um, uh, some of us may look and say, well, I like this, but it's not something that, that everybody does. But back then, your name was important. And when God changed his name, he said, my God will prevail. Another instance was found in Judges chapter 6, when there was a guy who was so afraid, Gideon was so afraid, he was hiding in a cave. And God sent his angel to him and said, what are you doing? And he said, listen, the Lord is with you. And he called him a mighty man of valor. A mighty warrior. So here was a man that was scared to death. But God came to him and said, you're a mighty warrior. And he went out and did great things for God. God can, no matter what your past and no matter what your label, God can give you a new name. What you've been labeled by in the past will no longer be true. And I believe that there's some of us here today that God wants to give you a new name, but you're going to feel unworthy of it. You're going to say, I'm not good enough. I'm not good enough for this name that you have given me. But God will help you grow into your new name. Some of you, God needs to give you a new name, a new name that says, I'm forgiven. You're forgiven. You may not feel like it yet. You may not understand how that uh, the God in heaven could forgive you of your past, but he wants you to know that you've been forgiven. And you begin to walk in that grace. And you begin to live up to your name. Some of you, God needs to give you a new name, overcomer. Because it seems like that every turn, every step of the way that you're being defeated, no matter what you do, It feels as if that you've been beaten down. It feels as if you will never overcome the situation in your life. But God wants you to know that you don't have to live defeated, but you can be an overcomer. He can give you a new name. I'm an overcomer. I mean, for your whole life, maybe you've wrestled with an issue. And you say, I'm never going to get past it. God said that he can get you past it. That you can be an overcomer. God's going to give you a new name. Uh, some of you may feel inadequate as a mom or as a and you think I just never do anything right. Moms carry so much guilt because they think that everything has to be and you live your life and you feel inadequate. And you look at other moms and you think, "Man, that's super mom there. I can never live up to that." 
And you beat yourself down every day because you feel like that you're not doing and you're not being the mom that you need to be to your children. God wants you to know that He's given you everything that you need for your children. And for some of you, He wants you, he wants you to become a, a spiritual mom. You have what it takes. You can grow through your circumstances and realize that you're leading your child and that you're raising them. And God will place His Spirit in you to be a spiritual mom. Some of you, you may, you may start leading a life group. Or you're going to be a spiritual leader at your work. How many people work in places where you need a little bit of God? Yeah. And maybe up to this point you think, I can't do that. People look at you, and, and, but God wants you to be a spiritual leader, and He can give you a new name. And you think, no, I'm still too unholy. I could never be a spiritual leader. I don't know enough. God wants to give you a new name. He wants to make you a spiritual leader in your home, a spiritual leader in your workplace. But so many of us have been labeled by things in our past. But you do not have to believe what others have said about you. You don't have to believe it. What you have to do is realize who God says that you are. And when God looks at you, what he sees. Take on the new name that he wants to give you. The second thing, not only will God give you a new name, he will also give you a new purpose. With your new name comes a new purpose. And we see this over and over again in the Bible. A great example is Simon. He could have been labeled as unpredictable, undependable, a hothead, wishy-washy. But Jesus comes to Simon and he says, hey, listen, your label, you've been a fisherman. But I'm going to give you a new label. You're no longer going to fish out in the sea, but you're going to become a fisher of men. The rest of your life, Simon, you're going to fish for people. You're going to be a world changer. So not only that we know that he changed his name to Peter, but he said, I'm going to give you a new purpose. And you're going to be able to do all the things that you thought you could never do. When he gave him his new name, Jesus looked at him and he said, who do people say that I am? He said, some people say that you're this and you're that. And some people say you're Elijah. Some people say you're John the Baptist. But Jesus looked at Simon and he said, but who do you say that I am? And Simon said, I say that you are the Christ, the son of the loving God, the living God. And then in Matthew chapter 16, verse 17, he said this, Jesus replied, you are blessed, Simon, son of John, because my father in heaven has revealed this to you. You did not learn it from any human being he said, I'm going to now name you Peter, which means you're a rock. You're a rock. He said, and on this, I'm going to build my church. Peter, you have a new name and a new purpose. Now, did from that point forward, was Peter always a rock? No. Even though he had a new name and a new purpose, he still made mistakes. 
And we know the, the story of how that, that Peter denied Jesus three times after the before the resurrection. He denied him. But Jesus forgave him. And he said, that new name and that new purpose, you're getting ready to grow into it. And so here's Peter, the one who had failed. He stood up on the day of Pentecost and he preached and he proclaimed the gospel. He started living up to his name and his purpose. And it says 3,000 people were added to the church. And, and tradition tells us that at the end of Peter's life, that they were going to crucify him just as they crucified Jesus. And he said, no. He said, I will not be crucified. He said, hang me upside down. I will not be crucified the way that my Lord and Savior was crucified. I'm not worthy. He wasn't born a rock, but he died a rock. God wants to give you a new name, and along with that new name, he wants to take your negative label, and he wants you to understand that with Christ, you can have a new name and a new purpose. So many times... We look at our past, and we look at what we've struggled with or what we continue to struggle with, and we, and we don't understand. I've said it so many times, I do not believe that we go through anything on accident. And that out of our greatest weakness, our greatest weakness from our past, that God can raise up and turn that into our Greatest strength for our future. There's been people that you've struggled with things. And right now you may be sitting there thinking, I have no purpose. I don't know what I'm here for. Some of us look at our life and, and we think, I should have been dead by now. We've done so many stupid things in our past and we look at our life and say, I should be dead. I don't know why I'm still alive. You've had something traumatic happen in your life. And you have no idea why God showed His grace and His mercy towards you. Can I tell you? It was for a purpose. And sometimes what we go through in life, our purpose turns into helping others get through that same thing. There's some of you here that you may have struggled with addiction. But God has showed His grace and His mercy towards you. I would say that your purpose could be to help others who are struggling in that same thing. You may have struggled with, and I've told this before, my wife and I were unable to have children for 15 years of marriage. Our first 15 years of marriage. And we look back and we think, you know, God, why? 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 But then over the course of time, there became so many people into our lives who were dealing with and struggling with the same thing. And it was like God spoke to us and said, it's your purpose. Minister to them. Be there for them. Allow them to know that God has a plan because we had been through it. And so you begin to look back at your life and say, God, what is my purpose? 
Why have I had to experience the things that I have experienced? God said, don't forget, forget about it. He said, don't look at what's behind. He said, remember what's there, but then go forward. God wants to give you a new name. He wants to give you a new purpose. And thirdly, God will give you a new future. God will give you a new future. We begin to look at our lives. And we begin to understand that, that when we trust God, and then when we can get past the labels that have held us back, God said, what used to be there, what your future used to be, I've talked to so many people that they're so pessimistic about their future. And they look at their life and they think, my life is never going anywhere. I'm never going to be happy. I'm always going to be alone. I'm always going to be miserable. I'm always going to be stuck in this job. And I look at them and I say, listen, doesn't have to be that way. God wants to give us a new future. He wants you to know and to understand that what you're currently going through and maybe the path that you were on is not what He has planned for you. I begin to look at my life and, and, and I begin to realize and understand that there was a time in my life that I looked at my future and I thought, man, am I ever going to get to, am I ever going to see what it is that I feel that God has prepared for me? And there were times of discouragement. And there were times that I felt like giving up. And there were times that, that I, I just wanted to throw in the towel. But in those times, I had to be reminded that what I was currently going through and what I could see with my own eyes was not my future. As they sung this morning, even when you don't see it, He's working. And even when you don't feel it, He's working. And we can look at our lives and we say, God, I don't see any way that this will ever work out. I don't see any way. I'm 28 and I have nobody. I'm all alone. I'm still living in my mom's basement. I'm 33 and, 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 and I've, I've never had a good job. And we look at what we can see with our human eyes. And we think, there's no way. There's no way. But God wants you to know. And you may look at your past and you think, I have done too much. God could never use me. You may look at your current life and say, I struggle too much. God could never use me. And we can look at and think, that this is where my destination is. 
This is just my cross. I'm going to have to bear it. But God wants you to know this morning that your future in Him is bright. He has promised us in His Word. He has made promises to us that our past does not have to determine our future. The things that have held us back, it does not have to determine who we are. But the enemy wants you to focus in on your past. He wants you to look at your negative label. He wants, he wants nothing more than to keep you from what God has for you. But God wants you to know that not only will He give you a new name, not only will He give you a new purpose, but He has a plan for your life. Jeremiah chapter 29 verse 11 says this, For I know the plans I have for you. Who says this? The Lord. They are plans for good, not for disaster. To give you a future and a hope. It's a very popular verse to give out when somebody's graduating. It's a very popular verse to have hanging on our wall. It's a whole different story to live it. And to know that God has a plan for your life. No matter what. He said, what are those plans? He said, they're for good. They're not for disaster. He has a plan for your life. It's to give you future. To give you hope. With every head bowed and every eye closed. If you're here this morning and you say, Pastor J.W., there are things in my past that I don't have, I don't think, I can't comprehend how that God could forgive me. God wants you to know that He sent His Son to die on the cross for your sin, for your mistakes, for the times that you missed the mark. He said, I have a plan for your life, but it starts with you accepting my son. It starts with you believing in your heart, confessing with your mouth that I'm God. That's where the plan starts. You're here this morning and you say, Pastor J.W., I've never made that commitment. I've never been able to, to completely turn over my life to Him. I need Him in my life. I need a new name. I need to break free from this label. I need a new purpose. I need a new future. Well, it starts with 
a simple prayer. If you're here this morning and you say, Pastor, that's me, just slip up your hand. Thank you. I need God to be Lord of my life. Would there be another? You may be here this morning and you may say, Pastor, I am I'm struggling. I'm struggling. I feel like Peter. I feel that in my life that I want to serve God. But there's something in my past that just keeps keeps me bound. When I try to to, to take a step forward, I, I feel like that I take two steps back. When I try to do something for God, I hear a voice in my head saying, Look at your past. If you're here this morning, you say, Pastor, that's me. There's things in my past that I've had, I'm having such a hard time breaking free from. He wants you to know, He wants to give you a new name, a new purpose, and a new future. If that's you, slip up your hand. Thank you. Anyone else? I'm going to ask everybody to stand. God tells us in His Word that we are here as a church body. And He commands us to do two things, to love Him and to love people. And when you walk through those doors, it doesn't matter your past. It doesn't matter what you're currently going through. You are surrounded by people who love you unconditionally. This is a judgment-free zone. It always has been, and it always will be as long as I'm pastor. And I talk to people all the time that say, I can't come to church because the, the, the ceiling will fall in. And I reassure them, this is a judgment-free place. We love God, and we love you right where you are. So for those of you who, who raised your hand this morning, I, I want you to feel comfortable in knowing that you are surrounded by people who love you. It may be your first time here. You may not have been here in a long time. You may have been here forever. But we have a prayer team that prays for every one of you and prays for this church on a continual basis. Because we want to see God do miraculous things in your life. So if you raised your hand this morning, Nick's going to begin to sing. And as he sings, I would love the opportunity 
to meet you at this altar and to pray with you. To meet you at this altar and have our prayer team pray with you. Because listen, there are times in our lives, there are times in my life, just about every day, that if I didn't have people praying for me, and if I didn't have the love of this church body, I wouldn't make it. And this morning, I want you to grasp and I want you to realize the love of God and realize the love of your church family. So as he begins to sing, if you raised your hand, I'm going to ask you to just to, to be man or woman enough to walk down this aisle and allow us to meet you here and pray with you and believe for God to give you a new name, a new purpose, and a new future. Don't hesitate. As promised.